Hi, this is Shiho. This show is read out loud version of coronavirus update from the Washington Post. Today is October 17th. Here is the latest. A long feared autumn spike in infections and serious illnesses has arrived. This is not a regional crisis, but instead one that is intensi- intensifying almost everywhere in the country. Our health desk wrote. The number of daily new new U.S. coronavirus cases reached its highest point since late July, exceeding 64,000 on Thursday. Nearly every state has reported rising caseload in the last few weeks, and hospitals in the upper Midwest and Great Plains are running low on intensive care beds as tens of thousands of people across the country fall ill with the diseases. Read our story to learn what else winter might have in store. The pharmaceutical giant Pfizer announced Friday that it, it doesn't expect except expect to submit its experimental vaccine for approval before late November. There now now appears to be no way that any of the U.S. vaccine candidates will be ready for the public before Election Day, which is likely to disappoint President Trump, but calm those who feared that politics would stretch the approval process. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Stephen McMunich announced progress Thursday in month-long negotiations over a new economic stimulus bill. Congressional Democrats and the White House are converging on a deal for a package of somewhere between $1.8 trillion and $2.2 trillion. Senate Republicans, however, remain opposed to spending nearly that much. Trump and his Democratic challenger Joe Biden held separate televised town halls instead of a second presidential debate last night. Our fact-checker wrote that both candidates made false claims, but Trump's statements on the pandemic were particularly egregious. The president falsely claimed that thousands of mail-in ballots had been found in a garbage can, that the pandemic would have killed more than 2 million Americans without his intervention, and that 85% of mask wearers catch the coronavirus. Other important news. After recovering from a stay in an intensive care ward for a COVID-19, Trump advisor Chris Christie said this week he had been wrong to attend White House events without a mask. It cost me in a significant way, he said on Good Morning America Friday. COVID-19 can be a month-long ordeal ordeal for thousands of long haulers. Doctors are learning to get them through extended illness. The Indianapolis Colts and Atlanta Falcons still plan to play NFL games this weekend, despite recent positive tests on both teams. The the first flight carrying hundreds of visitors from New Zealand arrived in Australia on Friday. Other new countries began their experiment forming an international travel bubble.
Your questions answered. How great is the risk of transmission in churches which are enclosed to spaces when pastors, cho、uh, choirs, mem、uh, choir, uh, choirs members, and speakers dis disregard safety guidelines and take off their masks when speaking and singing? Robert in Las Vegas. According to health experts, the scenario Robert described is among the highest risk for transmission of coronavirus. Earlier in this month, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention updated its website to say that airborne transmission is possible. It was something、um, health experts assumed was happening all along, but they didn't have a lot heard. The hard evidence to support creating guidelines about the risk. Airborne spread goes beyond person to person transmission. The CDC says that virus can linger in the air for hours. The six foot social distancing rule doesn't help in this case. It's particularly concerning in enclosed spaces with poor ventilation, such as churches. It's even more concerning when people are not wearing masks while they are speaking, shouting, or, in this case, singing. A little more about risk, which we touched on briefly in yesterday's reader questions. There's no such thing as a no risk gathering. Risk comes on a scale from low to high, and some gatherings are worse than others. With, we find this chart. Developed by a British research team, particularly helpful to assess the risk. Robert's scenario, in which people are gathered and speaking in or singing without masks, falls in the lower right, lower right corner, lower right corner of the chart. The more crowded those gatherings are, and the longer they last, the riskier they become. We have seen real-world evidence that church gatherings are a potential source for infections. Contact tracing helped officials in South Korea determine that our one church accounted for more than 5,000 confirmed coronavirus cases over approximately a month, more than half of the country's total caseload at the time. It wasn't isolated to the church itself, of course. The people who contracted the virus there went, there went out and spread it to others. Outbreaks have been tied to churches in the United States, too. Early in the pandemic, the LA Times reported dozens of choir members who met for practice at a church in Washington state were diagnosed with COVID 19 and at least two died. Today's top reads. Find more stories, analysis, and op eds about the outbreak on our coronavirus page, including As COVID 19 cases surge, Global Study paints grim picture for elder care homes. Patriots have one new positive coronavirus test as disruption web around NFL. Northern Virginia schools inch closer to reopening campuses. Should you get a coronavirus test if you think you have a cold? There may be no right answer. Pubs central to cultural life in Northern Ireland close to control the coronavirus. 
be, uh, remote learning is deepen, deepening the divide between rich and poor. Vermont wants tourism back safely, but will travelers play along? A pandemic should be the great equal, equalizer. This one had a positive effect. Just announced. If the pandemic has warped your sense of time, appended your routines, and made your past life feel distant, yep, same here. To help rescue us, to help rescue us all from this season of every day is blur's day, we built a seven-day newsletter course called "What Day Is It." Each email features expert tips to help you recover your sense of time. New practices for reading, refining your week, and resources to guide you along the way. Sign up now to be one of the first to receive day one in your inbox Monday. It's also a great newsletter to send to a friend or relative who is struggling. For more specific, specific specifics on what to expect from, or what day is it? Check out the story below. We think you will like this newsletter. This show is brought to you by the Washington Post. Thank you for listening.